Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and it's a beautiful Saturday morning here in North Carolina. If I sound a little winded, it's because I went for a run this morning. Just a nice three-mile um, jog, but I feel like crap um, because it was about 90% humidity out and about 80 degrees and... It was a stupid move on my part, but what are you going to do, right? I mean, that's what I do to relax is run. So I went out, decided to go for three miles, and uh, my body decided that three miles was it because taking one more step probably would have been a catastrophic event. So with that being said, all right, so what do I want to talk about today, right? So there's a few things. Um, one, first, let's dive into where I'm at right now in my job search. So I'm like everybody else, right? So you go out, you apply for these jobs, you get um, the emails that come back and say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to pursue other candidates. You know, and that that's a little defeating and it takes a wind out of you. But this week I made it to the final rounds of interviews for this uh, one company, Avalara. Um, anyway, it's a software company. And, uh, you know, uh, I didn't get picked and they gave me some feedback and that was great. Still, um, you know, I got the news yesterday that I was not chosen and yesterday was in the grand scheme of things. Yesterday was a great day for me personally. It was a bad day because I've been having trouble sleeping due to my shoulders. Right. So yesterday was the third night in a row where I, I just couldn't sleep. So I was a little tired. Um, I couldn't go out and run because I was so just drained from not sleeping, right? And then uh, on my way home from work, um, you know, work was a little slow. So uh, everybody left a little early yesterday, which was good, right? Friday, so you go home early on a shortened week. So so that was a good opportunity, good, good time to um, just try to relax and so I'm driving home and there's a, I drive a black Mustang and there's this black uh, Ford, I mean a black Dodge Charger on the side and he's revving up his engine and he's like inching forward, making it look like he wants to uh, race, right? Well, there's a problem with that. One, I'm tired. Two, like, I don't know um, if I mentioned this before, but I have this little thing called PTSD and anxiety, right? So when I see people doing that, it... Uh, puts me on edge and the light turned green and I went and he just paced his car right next to mine like there's nobody in front of him so he could have gone ahead and I had two cars in front of me so I could not so he but he stayed right next to me and he kept doing that I was like god god damn it like just leave me leave me the hell alone it's like I'm not 16 right not trying to be Dom Toretta and out here racing that's just stupid. Like, if you want to do that, go right ahead. That's that's not me. Um, and came up to a light, and he rolled down his window. And, uh, you know, he's looking at me. And I, I looked at him, like, whatever, you know. I just looked forward. And it went on for, like, two more lights. And then he rolls down his window, and uh, he's waving. And I looked, and it's somebody that was in my unit prior. 
Um, and he talked and said a few things, but I was already on edge. And he looked at me and you could tell, like he could see that I was not in the mood to uh, talk to anybody. And I was not uh, because I was already thinking about how am I going to pit this stupid son of a bitch, right? What's my point? My point is, if you want to try to get somebody's attention, don't do all that nonsense. Um, because you don't know who who these people are, right? Like, you hear all these crazy things about, like, uh, you know, people are shooting each other and this and that, and people are getting into fights. Um, people are stabbing each other. It's like, well, maybe because we're, at, at the end of the day, yes, we're humans, but we're still animals, right? So we have this instinct to survive to defend ourselves right this was somebody i knew i liked him i was going to take my car and i was going to pit the guy and once he span out i was going to get out and i was going to beat the shit out of him not figuratively but literally i was going to beat him down until he defecated himself for those people who don't understand the big words, I was going to beat him down until poop came out of either his ass or out of his face. Don't care which way. <laughs> and why am I saying this? Big because there's a lot of us out there like this, right? We all have like these uh, things that we're dealing with, uh, PTSD, anxiety, um, just life in general, right? And I, I was asked at work if I have a concealed carry uh, permit I do and the re but I don't carry typically and the reason why I don't is because I might use it right and so that's why I don't carry it um, so just if you're out there if you're trying to like reconnect with somebody get somebody's attention find a better way that was a horrible horrible way to go about it all right so um, you know and then I come home and then I get the the message that uh you know that they decided to go with somebody else. Now I could have just been upset and, uh, you know, just whined and cried about it. Um, but I went on there and I sent them a reply email, thanking them for the opportunity and thanking them for, uh, considering me for the position. Cause they didn't, they could have, I, I made it to the final round, right? If anything else, at least it's just getting reps in to practice my interviewing um, process again. So, you know, maybe if something else opens up, maybe they'll consider me, maybe not. I, I don't know, but I appreciate it there, at least their time. And so you win some, you lose some, right? So where else, what else is going on? Right. So, so I have that going on. Of course, I still have my PhD. That's going fairly well now, now that, uh, things seem to have uh balanced out right and again like i, I think my professors because i'm going to have the same group of professors it's like six professors for the whole program so i'm going to have them just in a, a repeating cycle and I, I think we've come to some sort of understanding now where hey man if i turn in garbage just tell me it's garbage i don't care how you tell me you can you know write on send me an email you can just right on the, the assignment itself. I don't care if you send me a singing telegram saying, Hey, it's garbage. You know, that's fine. I don't care. You know, just whatever you want. Just, I, I don't need feedback on one assignment five different times, just once, just give it to me once. Right. So I, I think we've uh, come to some place uh, where a mutual understanding. Right. And the reason why I say this, and again, you know, I, I 
you know, I'm not bragging that I'm, I'm a big deal because I'm not, um, I'm not special, but um, I was talking to my coworker and I was telling her, it's like, I, there's nothing special about me. If I could accomplish it, then it's not very special and it's not difficult. It's not hard at all. Anybody can do it. Um, Cause there's what's special about me, my family, that's it. Um, but me particularly short, fat, bald, old, not particularly bright. And somehow the fall ass backwards into accomplishing my, my goals. Right. Or well, why is that? I, I don't know. Um, but I just take things one step at a time and, you know, eventually I'll get there. And so I think my professors and I have a good understanding now. And what really helped was uh, the school, the dean for one of the, I forgot what school um, was asking for, for people uh, to interview because they're looking to start another um, PhD program at Troy University. And they reached out to me, emailed me, set up a time to talk. And I'm, I'm sure they call, talk to other students too, but they asked like, Hey, you know, we see that you're in a PhD program. We see that you have three master's degree. You have a bachelor's in criminal justice and a master's in criminal justice and a master's in public administration. If we started a PhD program in criminology, would you do that? And I told him, undoubtedly, I would transfer out of this global leadership uh, PhD and go straight in criminology. Um, criminology has always interested me. Um, so, yeah, of course. Now, right, there are other people in my program. Did they call them? Did they ask them? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I know I got called. It, does that mean I'm special? No. No, it doesn't. just means the school is trying to stand up another program because they want to make the feria. The cheddar. The cheddar, you know? Cold hard cash. The greenbacks. If you don't understand any of that. Right? And that that's all it is. It's like, so, you know, you just need to understand that accomplishing your goals is one step at a time. You're always going to have people that get in your way. They're going to tell you that they're special, that you have to do what they tell you to do. And nine times out of the 10, you really don't. You can do whatever you want. Just figure out how, how you're going to accomplish your goals. Um, just understand that when you do that, um, there's no safety net when you do that stuff, right? People are less understanding. Um, and for me, that's fine. For, for some reason, I have... Um, that unique characteristic of uh, the majority of the people who meet me just dislike me, and that's fine. Uh, I'm not saying everybody does, but I'm an easy person to dislike. So, okay, and I might as well do things however I see fit. All right, so of course, you know, I'm working on this PhD in leadership. Why do I mention that? Um, I mentioned that because transferring out of the military, right? Get back to what this uh, program's about. This podcast is about transferring out of the, uh, transitioning out of the military. And so what I've seen is I've dealt with uh, a lot of uh, junior enlisted or just people who have very little experience in, in the military, right? Um, this last group that I taught, Two-thirds, maybe 75% of them had two years of military experience, no deployments. And when I say two years, I mean two years total Army time, not two years in special operations, two years from the time they started basic training, right? And so this is what I try to explain to people, right? Um, 
Special operations. What's so special about special operations? I'm going to get into this. This is going to be a little bit longer episode. Special operations. There's nothing special about the people in special operations. The thing that makes special operations different is we're supposed to be able to speak different languages. So wherever we go, we can do our jobs in that native language. Yeah, we have some skill set, okay? But it's not like the skill set is so special you can't teach anybody. Sweet Jesus, if you could teach uh, La Pierda and Benny Good Times the civil affairs job, then it's not that special. It's not. It's like they're idiots. They're morons. They're buffoons. They're... Forrest Gump looked like Einstein compared to La Pierda and Benny Good Times, right? So how special is special operations? You got to look at it this way. If you're in special operations, you're not the best of the best of the best. You're the best of what was available to choose from at the time. That's it. (laughs) It means you might be a 50 percenter, right? You might be a hundred percenter. I don't know. Just at the time in the class when you went through, you got selected. Now, for those of you who don't know, I worked at Camp McCall in assessment and selection from 2017 to 2020. I was a assessor and then I was a senior assessor. So I got to see how um, PSYOP, Special Forces and Civil Affairs, I was in the Civil Affairs Committee. So I was on that, right? So you got to understand that. So there were you had two opportunities to um, get selected, right? You went to a board, and that was just our internal board, right? So you had the two senior assessors. You had the the NCIC, the head sergeant. Then you had the officer, and then you had the operations uh, sergeant, right, who was senior as well, all right? And we would vote. The officer was the deciding vote. So if... Uh, if you were selected during that board, then you were in, you were good. And if you were not selected, then you went on to a, a secondary board, right? The secondary board was made up of two sergeant majors, two lieutenant colonels, and the president of the board was a colonel, a full board colonel, an 06, right? So you got to understand, on this board, there typically there was this person, we'll call him Waldo Falacios, all right? Because I don't want to use anybody's real name. But those of you who are out there um, who were at Camp McCall, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Waldo Falacios. Waldo Falacios decided that, you know, um, the PT to get into assessment and selection had to take a physical fitness assessment, right? Score was 240 points. Maximum points were 100 for push-ups, 100 for sit-ups, 100 for the two-mile run. All right. Prior to um, years ago, it was 80. You needed 80 in each event. We decided we were just going to say 240 overall. So if you scored, you had to at least score 60, right, in each event. That was passing. That was the D minus. So if you scored, say, 60 in push-ups, then you could still make it if you made up the, the remaining points, right? So what what is that? So 180. So you had to score 90 and 90 in each event or 80 and 100, right? And you wouldn't be still be in. Well, Oh, oh, Waldo Falacio said, hey, well, if they can score 180, they should be in. If they can score at 60 in each event, that that's the Army standards, so they should be in. So he was trying to 
reduce the standards for special operations, right? Then this is the one I really loved is that uh, he tried to say like, hey, if you if they make it to the end of assessment and selection, if they're still here after the 10 days, then they should just be selected. And I had to explain to him, it's not a school. It's not. It's like, if you make it to the end, that just means you made it to the end. So we'll look at your packet. For the people who don't make it to the end, we're not. Why would we look at their packets? See, they quit, right? So, why would we look at their packets? He's like, no, they made it to the end. It's like, yeah, stupid. It's not a school. So, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because he wanted to just allow anybody into special operations. So, for those of you who don't know, if you're in, you're not the best of the best. You might be in because Felacios just didn't really give a damn. And just let anybody in because he's a turd, all right? Felacios came in at a time when there was no assessment, right? He got promoted because there were just open slots and there was nobody to compete with him. Um, I don't think he uh, spoke a second language because I never heard him speak a second language. Uh, I don't think he was a ranger or a sapper or a sockum. Um, I don't know what he did besides take up space. And if it sounds like I don't like him, that would be an understatement because I hate the dude. And if I ever saw him now, I'd punch him in the face. Because let's face it, what is he going to do to me? Nothing. This is the type of person I'm talking about, right? Leaders. They say they're leaders, but they're really not. They're really not. Um, so I, I'm saying this because when you're in you, you SOC, in special operations, you have this mentality that you're the best. That whatever you think, it's the truth. Like you know everything. Well, you really don't. If you have... Two years of experience, if you're 20 years old and you have two years experience in the army, what do you know? You don't have a college education. You have a high school education. They were talking about playing b-ball. Yeah, I, so after work, I went out and I was shooting some threes. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Not like, hey, you know, I was trying to improve my, my uh, you know, second language. Oh, and by the way, if you speak Spanish... That doesn't make you special operations. It doesn't. Okay. Because like I said, and go to any of the liquor stores in East LA and the people who own it, all immigrants, usually from somewhere in Southeast Asia. Um, perfect Spanish. Perfect Spanish. They speak their native language, whether that was Korean or Vietnamese. Broken English, but best Spanish I've ever heard in my life. So I'm telling you this right now. If you're from Puerto Rico, Mexico, anywhere and you speak Spanish, that doesn't make you special operations. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Not at all, man. Just because you're a poppy, because you wear skinny jeans and white leather shoes and gold chains, that doesn't make you special operations, man. They use a lot of hair product. That, that, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> Just it means you're a Enrique Iglesias a wannabe. Uh, yeah, this episode sounds a little, a little harsh, a little bitter. It, it's not. It's it's. I'm trying to explain to people. When you get out, you have to have more than just saying that you're special operations because nobody cares. Nobody understands what that means. Nobody. And guess what? When you're in, if you're in a unit and everybody is special operations, then it's not that special. All right. I brought up Felacios because I want to bring up um, another person. We're going to make up his name, right? His name. We're going to say that his name is J.T. Stevens, right? He was a colonel for the 98th Civil Affairs Battalion. And we're going to make up a year. We're going to say 2011, <laughs> right? 
The reason why I bring this guy up is because uh, he wanted to say that he was a, a, a leader, right? And he was going to straighten us out because but the unit had a lot of problems. I was part of the problems. Don't get me wrong. 2009, I got in trouble for drinking in Paraguay. I got, I was drinking and I got hit. I got T-boned and I got sent home because I was drinking. So it doesn't matter, right? My, my blood alcohol level, I think was 0.08, whatever right at the legal drunk limit is, right? And people were saying, oh, well, man, if it was just a little bit lower, it's like, no, dummy, it should have been zeros across the board. As soon as I had one beer, I was wrong, right? And I have my reasons why I was doing it. I have, but it doesn't matter. The rules are the rules. There's no excuses. It's like you're you're guilty or you're innocent. This isn't the court of law where you're guilty and not guilty. Not guilty means, hey, I can't prove that you're guilty, right? This instance, you're guilty or you're innocent. And I was guilty of sin, right? So I was part of the problem. I know that. But JT Stevens came, uh, came in and he said that he was going to straighten out the unit. He had a meeting with the spouses because we used to get off like at, I think it was like at half day. Maybe it was like two o'clock, something like that. Three o'clock on Wednesdays and Fridays. And he told all the spouses, well, your husbands don't deserve it. They're a disgrace. Once they have earned it, then maybe we can go back to that. Of course, we never went back to that because, right, we were garbage. So one day you have this little, uh, E4, who's having problems at home with his wife. And uh, his wife decides to call uh, the MPs. They were having an argument. He, he left the house, right? So the MPs came. And of course, when that happens, they have to take him away. So he went, spent the weekend at somebody else's house. Following weekend, he went out. They were still having problems, right? Because issues aren't going to be fixed. And he was drinking. He got a DUI. So that following uh, Monday morning, we had a battalion formation and he told us we were all garbage and we were all disgrace. We didn't deserve to wear the uniforms. We were a joke and we should all just get out because he didn't trust us, any of us to do anything. And none of us should be, uh, were worthy enough to go to combat with him. So of course, what happens? Less than 24 hours later, old JT Stevens crashes into the entrance, right? Fortunately, there's uh, there were those concrete poles um, in between the guard shacks, but he crashed head on, boom, right into it, right? Passed out. Why? Well, OJT had uh, these back problems and he was abusing his pain meds, right? And so you can understand that. You can feel sympathetic for that and empathy, right? Because you should. I mean, he was injured. Um, I don't know exactly how he was injured, but they had given him a Percocet and he was abusing them. So he needed help to get off of that. So, yeah, okay. So how do you explain the cocaine that was in his system? I don't know anybody in the military that prescribes that. I don't. But right, oh, cokehead Stevens. So I asked my sergeant major, like, how is this guy? Like, you know, I was generally concerned. And uh, I was told, don't ask about it. Don't tell anybody about it. We never heard about him again, right? This guy who said he was going to straighten us out, who was going to um, take care of us, who was going to make us soldiers, who told us we were a disgrace, was abusing his pain meds, which was making him drowsy. So then I guess he would do coke so he could stay awake, but maybe he didn't do enough coke that day. Um, so I, I don't know what happened to him. But this was our leader. This was an example of who we we're supposed to be, right? This is who we we're supposed to strive to be. Um, old, old Boston Knowles is what we'll call him, right? Um, this guy. 
This is the guy who used to pick his nose at the company uh, training meetings, right? He'd pick his nose in front of everybody, crumble up the, the mucus, and then throw it on the wall, right? Well, one day uh, we get a call because I was disgruntled. Uh, I was tired. I was going on my fifth deployment, right? So this uh, get called in by the first sergeant, and it's an old Boston Hills, the first sergeant, the um, operations NCO, and uh, the captain that worked in there, right? Senior captain. And it was the plan just to try to get me to uh, like blow up so they could get rid of me. And, and that's fine. I understand that, right? It, for those of you who don't know, um, there's always networking in the military, right? They, a lot of times they call it the good old boy club. Well, in the 98, they called it the, the Puerto Rican mafia, the poppies, right? Um, no hard feelings. I understand now that I'm out, no hard feelings, man. You guys are just networking. I like those guys. I hope I can have one of them on here. Um because no hard feelings. Even the captain. The captain later on went, got promoted, was a major, got put into a, a company, right? And he was a company commander. He got removed um, for toxic leadership. Outside of work, pleasant guy. I would love to go have lunch with him or just chit-chat, just see how he's doing. I like him personally. At work, didn't care for him very much, right? No hard feelings with him. Um, but Boston Knowles. You were the company commander. You should have said something. And on that day, when all these people were like trying to get me to react, he just sat there, didn't say a single word. Well, how are you in charge if you're letting everybody push you around? Why do I bring all this up? I bring all this up because when we're in, we're brainwashed. We're brainwashed. I think we're the best of the best. I think that all, all of our ideas are gold. But what do you base that off of? Right, we have a very particular skill set, very specific. Not and a lot of times it doesn't transfer outside of the military. When you come out and you you're just talking about like oh well that you're going to be a a leader, that's insulting to these organizations, and you have to get past that. Get your head out of your ass and figure out like what you're going to do, how you're going to be an asset to these organizations, right? You know, that interview that I had with um, this company, Avalara, I think it was Avalara, I forget. Anyway, you know, there were parts where I was like, you know, this is going south. I wish I could have worded it differently. Um, and, and I know I cost myself the job. I know I did. But, you know, you live and learn and um, you keep going out there and try again. Uh, and that's all you can do. And the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of people in the military don't understand that. They don't. And... You just need to, like, just whatever you had in the military, let it go, man. Like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? The Like, the people who thought they were the best of the best and they knew the most, they don't. They don't. So just, who cares? Let, let, let it go. You know, I had the opportunity to um, talk to this one young captain um, a couple weeks ago and... Uh, so again, I'm studying um, leadership, right? And so there's these different theories, transactional leadership, transformational leadership, servant leadership. Everybody likes to throw servant leadership. That that one's harder to do, right? Like that takes a, a type of personality. I don't know if I could do that I, to a certain degree, but um, I don't know if I could be a complete total. Everybody likes to say that they're a servant leader. Um, that's not true, not even close. 
But the one that still um, interests me is a made man theory, right? Where some people just have the it quality, right? This theory basically says like you are either born a leader or not. Like you can't teach those qualities. Well, that's obviously isn't true. But some people just have the qualities where like, you know, that guy, like, I'll follow him, right? Fernando. Fernando was wicked smart, right? He was wicked. He is wicked smart. Um, but he also listened to people. He displayed empathy. He he was leader. Like you, if Fernando said, hey, I need you to eat this turd sandwich. Like, okay, I'm going to eat it. I don't know why I'm eating it. And honestly, I don't care. I'm just going to eat it. Because that's who he was. But, and you got to understand that the people that, that are like that, if you're in the military and you're like that, you you find you figure out pretty quick, like, hey, I'm not going to make this a career because I have too much to offer. There's no point in me staying in. Right? And this young captain said that he was thinking about getting out. I congratulated him. I had to tell him, like, you know what? Honestly, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your talents. Like, you came in, you did your... You served your country. Now it's time for you to go do whatever the hell it is you want to do. Because that guy's going to be successful. Um, I'm not going to wish him luck. I'm just going to hope that he goes out there and he wins. I know he will. Um, because that he's just one of those guys that he's going to win. The majority of the people in the military are not like that. Right? And so for the rest of us dummies, we have to understand that when we get out, we have to put in the time and the effort to working to be normal again. Stop using acronyms. Stop using the knife edge when you talk. If there's something going on in the military for your old uh, job, who cares? Good luck. Yeah, I'm saying good luck. And I'm not saying I hope you win. I'm saying good luck. Because I don't think anybody in the military prepares, right? They, uh, you know, I still work at uh, uh, Fort Bragg, Fort Liberty, right? And they were telling me, yeah, the, they're getting rid of the ACFT, the AP, and the APFT is coming back. I don't, couldn't care less. Don't care, right? And if you're retired, nobody else should care. I, I bring that up. I bring this up because uh, when I was at Camp McCall, you know, they would uh, have this, they had this Facebook page, maybe it was Instagram, and it would show like people going through assessment and selection. And, you know, we would have to run like 100 people, 123 people, 120 people through an APFT, right? And so sometimes we'd have a chair out there so you can sit down um, when you're doing the sit-ups, right? When you're judging the sit-ups. And so you have all these old timers that would get on the social media. It's like, that's not how I... I graded when I was in. It's like, what a disgrace. It's like you're sitting in a chair. It's like, bro, you've been retired for a few years now. Let it go. Like, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> like, why are you on a Facebook page following what the hell's going on at Cat McCall? Like, what are you doing? Like, go do any, go if, go if, lie on a beach somewhere. Drink Coronas or margaritas or whatever you want to drink. Like, just go relax, man. Like, and so I, I talk about leadership and people transitioning out. You got to understand the former officers that I bring on here. 
every single one was a leader. And I respect every single one to this day. I wish I could have Marilyn on here, but she's off killing it, doing I don't know what kind of stuff, saving the world and pharmaceutical stuff. Um, I don't know what she's doing, but I know she's out there. I know she's being successful. But the officers that I had on here, Stacy, Al, uh, Jorge, Eli, you know, old Matt, um, they're people I respect and they're leaders. You know, they make mistakes and they own their mistakes. They know they're not perfect. And that's what makes them great leaders is that they know like, hey, man, I'm doing my best. I might have made a mistake. You know, I'm going to try to do better. They don't even have to apologize. I don't care if they apologize. Just admit that you're human, man. It's like, man, you know, that that didn't go so well. I made a mistake. We're, we're going to you know, do that again and we're going to get better. Okay, awesome, man. And I don't care if they yelled at me. I don't care if they said, please, just... You don't need to explain it to me. Just if you make a mistake, just say, hey, man, that wasn't what I intended. And we're going to do it again. And, and that's fine. You know, people are different. Some people might need an explanation. I typically never did um, because we don't have all day to uh, discuss why we're doing something. And so every one of those officers that was has come on here who's been kind enough to come on here. I know they're going to be successful. I know they are successful in life. And every former uh, NCO who is on here, I know they're going to be successful as well. Uh, we may disagree about like how to transition. We may disagree about when to get out of the military. But the one thing is we all had some sort of plan on how we're going to transition to get out. And you need to do that too, because nobody's going to hold your hand. Um, people will will help you, but you have to take ownership of it and you have to want to not be in anymore. You have to want to change. That's the hardest thing is change and you have to want to change. All right. So for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a big nerd and, uh, you know, I'm going up to galaxy con this year. It's like the it's like Comic-Con just in Raleigh, right? It's a four-day event. And this year I went all out and I bought my four-day pass, my VIP pass. And I'm going to go all four days. I'm going to go to the Nerd uh, Festival uh, mixer on Thursday. I don't drink, so I don't know. I guess I'll have a bunch of Diet Cokes. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go get my picture with the cast of Star Trek and whoever else to take a picture with me. I'm going to go get another picture with Sergeant Slaughter because that guy's awesome. And I think Hacksaw Jim Duggan's going to be there. So I'm hoping they do a, a, a double uh, picture this time. I'm going to go get a picture with the Hardy Boys because I love those guys. And anybody else who I can get a picture with, and, and why not, right? Do do what you like to do. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you, uh, relaxes you. And I like all that stuff, so I'm going to go do that. Um, so... You know, I rambled on for a while now, and I just want to say, hey, um, if you're out there, if you're transitioning, um, just have your plan and stick to it. Um, you're going to get a lot of no's, a lot of rejections, and that's all right. We all do. All you need is that one yes, right? And try to help other people out, people out if you can. All right. So...
Oh, so last thing is, you know, I want to go file for uh, the election. Uh, turns out I can't file till uh, there's like a 10 day window in December. So I'm going to file that at that time. Uh, this, this window was for this year. I'm not, there's nothing I'm running for in 2023. It's 2024 running for uh state legislature here at in Fuquay Marina now, no, no longer in Hope Mills. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, if anybody's out there, uh, they have any advice or any tips on how I can win this election, I will take it legally. Of course, I'm not, you know, down with the bribes. Um, so, you know, if you have any advice, I'll, I'll, I would gladly take it. So until next time, guys, um, just take care of yourself. Make sure you know you're watching what you eat. Don't drink too much. Don't party too hard. We were um, freed from the military, right? But we don't want to be one of those guys who dies, uh, you know, a year after we retire because we party too hard. All right. So until next time, again, just remember you have something that makes you special. Identify what that is. Maximize it to its fullest potential. And I know you'll be successful. All right. Until next time. Zot, zot, zot. Roll Tide!